Welcome back to another uh, installment of Dante's Inferno, this time Canto 19. I will be reading from the translation by Mark Musa. First, begin with Mark Musa's summary of Canto 19, and then continue reading and offering some of my own comments. From the bridge above the third bolgia can be seen a rocky landscape below filled with holes, from each of which protrude a sinner's legs and feet. Flames dance around their souls. When the pilgrim expresses curiosity about a particular pair of twitching legs, Virgil carries him down into the bolgia so that the pilgrim himself may question the sinner. The legs belong to Pope Nicholas III, who astounds the pilgrim by mistaking him for Boniface VIII. The next pope, who as soon as he dies will fall to the same hole, thereby pushing Nicholas farther down. He predicts that soon after Boniface, Pope Clement V will come, stuffing both himself and Boniface still deeper. To Nicholas's rather rhetorical-filled speech, the pilgrim responds with equally high language, inveighing against the seminists, the evil churchmen who are punished here. Virgil is much pleased with his pupil, and, lifting him up in an affectionate embrace, he carries him to the top of the arch above the next bolgia. O oh, Simon Magus, O oh, scum that followed him, those things of God that rightly should be wed to holiness, you rapacious creatures, for the price of gold and silver, prostitute. Now in your honor, I must sound my trumpet, for here in the third pouch is where you dwell. We had already climbed to see this tomb, and were standing high above it on the bridge, exactly at the midpoint of the ditch. O oh, highest wisdom, how you demonstrate your art in heaven on earth and here in hell, how justly does your power make awards. I saw along the sides and on the bottom the livid colored rocks, all full of holes, all were the same in size, and each was round. To me they seemed no wider and no deeper than those inside my lovely San Giovanni, in which the priest would stand or baptize from, and one of these not many years ago I smashed for someone who was drowning in it. Let this be mankind's picture of the truth. From the, from the mouth of every hole was sticking out a single sinner's feet, and then the legs up to the calf, the rest were stuffed inside. The sole of every sinner's feet were flaming, their naked legs were twitching frenziedly, they would have broken any chain or rope. Just as flame will only move along an, an object's oily outer peel, so here the fire slid from heel to toe and back. Who is that one, master, that angry wretch who is writhing more than any of his comrades, I asked, the one licked by redder flames? And he to me. If you want to be carried down along that lower bank to where he is, you can ask him who he is and why he's the here. And I, my pleasure is what pleases you. You are my lord. You know that from my will I will not swerve. You even know my thoughts. When we reached the fourth bank, we began to turn and, keeping to the left, made our way down to the bottom of the hold and narrow ditch. The good guide did not drop me from his side until he brought me to the broken rock of that one who was fretting with his shanks. Whatever you are holding your upside down, O wretched soul, stuck like a stake in ground, make a sound or something, I said, if you can. 
I stood there like a priest who is confessing some vile assassin, who, fixed in a stitch, has called him back again to put off dying. He cried, Is that you here already, upright? Is that you here already, upright, Boniface? By many years the book has lied to me. Are you fed up so soon with all that wealth from which you did not fear to take by guile the lovely lady, then tear her asunder? I stood there like a person just made fun of, dumbfounded by a question for an answer, not knowing how to answer the reply. Then Virgil said, Quick, hurry up and tell him, I'm not the one, I'm not the one you think. And I answered just the way he told me. The spirit heard and twisted both his feet. Then, sighing with a grieving, tearful voice, he said, Well, then, what do you want of me? If it concerns you so to learn my name, that for this reason you came down the bank, know that I once was dressed in a great mantle. But actually, I was the she-bear's son, so greedily to advance my cubs that wealth I pocketed in life and here myself. Beneath my head are pushing down all the others who came sinning in simony before me, squeezed tightly in the fissures of the rock. I, in my turn, shall join the rest below. As soon as he comes, the one I thought you were, when, all too quickly, I put my question to you. But already my feet have baked a long time, and I have been struck upside down like this. Then he will stay here planted with feet aflame. Soon after him shall come one from the west, a lawless shepherd, one whose fouler deeds make him a fitting cover for us both. He shall be another Jason, like the one in Maccabees, just as his king was pliant. So Francis' king shall soften to this priest. I do not know, perhaps I was too bold here, but I answered him in tune with his own words. Well, tell me now. What was the sum of money that Holy Peter had to pay our Lord before he gave the keys in his keeping? Certainly he asked no more than, follow me. Nor did Peter or the rest exhort gold coins or silver from Matthias when he was picked up to fill the place the evil one had lost. So stay there, stuck there, for you are rightly punished, and guard with care the money wrongly gained that made you stand courageous against Charles. And were it not for the reverence I have for those highest of all keys that you once held in this happy life, if this did not restrain me, I would use even harsher words than these, for your avarice brings grief upon the world, crushing the good, exalting the depraved. You shepherds, it was the evangelist had in mind, when the vision came to him of her who sits upon the waters playing whore with kings, that one with the seven heads was born, and from her ten horns managed to draw strength, so long as virtue was her bridegroom's joy. You have built yourself a god of gold and silver. How do you differ from the idolater except he worships one? You worship hundreds. O oh, Constantine, what evil did you sire, not by your conversion, but by the dower that the first wealthy father got from you? And while I sang these very notes to him, his big flat feet kicked fiercely out of anger, or perhaps it was his conscience gnawing him. I think my master liked what I was saying, for all the while he smiled and was intent on hearing the ring of truly spoken words. Then he took hold of me with both his arms, and when he had me firm against his breath, breath, breast, he climbed back up the path he had come down. 
He did not tire of the weight clasped tight to him, but brought me to the top of the bridge's arch, the one that joins the fourth bank to the fifth. And here he gently set his burden down. Gently, for the ridge, so steep and rugged, would have been hard even for goats to cross. From there, another valley opened to me. Wow, this one's so fun to read. Um, so dramatic, and um, uh, d the drama is in, in Dante's upbraiding of um, the Simonists here. Now, simony was, in the mind of medieval moral theologians, uh, a particularly disgusting form of cupidity, um, since it perverted the Holy Spirit <clears throat> of sacred orders and by buying and selling and befouling them in a struggle for power and gain. And it's Dante's uh, words here in the conclusion or towards the conclusion of Canto 19 that are so important, just sort of like, you know, the, the donation of Constantine. Now, in your, in your, in your uh, copy of Dante, um, take a look at um, the commentary on the, on the donation of Constantine. Um, the, the donation of Constantine according to, um, according to uh, Musa uh, was that document that bequeathed um, uh, heavenly power to to the church, and so this is Dante's way of saying, you know, the conversion of the emperor of Rome in the fourth four A.D. Um, uh, was not itself to be um, it was not itself a tragedy, but it was the, the the tragedy according to Dante was that the church during the Middle Ages was given. Uh, the power, um, the power to, um, to, to, to give, you know, uh, earthly roles and, um, and gain, uh, to kings and to princes and to just the kind of political scene and, and that wealth corrupted, uh, the church according to Dante. So, the Constantine's uh, donation, which we uh, the donation of Constantine, which we now know, was a forged document. The document itself that he's referring to was a was not accurate. Dante didn't know this, but this offered or gave the church sort of its place, um, according to itself. It gave its place um, in 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 the power of um, of the time. And Dante is here saying if. If it wasn't for, uh, if it wasn't for this, this uh, earthly power, this political power that the church exerts, then the sins of 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 simony and and other forms of deception and misuse of the Holy Spirit would have never happened, right? So if the if the church had just stayed merely, or not merely spiritual, but primarily spiritual, then um, then it would not be so corrupt. So. Dante pulls no punches here in attacking uh, the corruption of the church, uh, the corruption specific, specifically during his own time uh, of, of these uh, various figures, including Clement V, Boniface VIII, and, and Nicholas III, Pope Nicholas III. So I often said when I was teaching uh, this to at a, at a Catholic school, I would say, you know, if Dante were saying this stuff on campus, he would be escorted off by, uh, by the <laughs> the campus police. Um, he's pretty radical, and it's so fun to read this. Dante is um, you know, clearly, uh, uh, you know, 
given, you know, he's, he's, he's giving himself over to this incredible sermonizing um, to, to these figures whom he, he gets quite a bit of glee at their suffering. Unlike maybe some of the other damned he's seen, there's no pity at all that Dante has. Actually, in the next canto, Canto 20, he'll go back to pity uh, and and even um, even be crying for um, uh, for, by, for the soothsayers and and those um, figures in in hell who are whose heads have been reversed on their bodies and Virgil will have to reteach Dante the lesson not to pity the damned but here he's actually quite gleeful um, in addressing um, uh, in addressing Pope Nicholas the third uh, Nicholas the third believes that Dante will be the re Dante's voice is the voice of the replacer um, that is to say uh, Boniface the, uh, the the eighth who will according to Nicholas here who will you know sort of push his own body down into this this hole into this pouch and push him down even further so this is quite a, a frightening um, uh, a frightening image for those of us who are claustrophobic right so these so and it's and this claustrophobia sort of is an, is a is a torture of an inversion of baptism. So while in the church when you're baptized you you receive uh, you receive the uh, water on the head, right? Here the 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 damned are reversed, and so their head is shoved down into the pocket of earth, and their um, and their legs and their feet stick up in the air, and instead of being baptized uh, with the Holy Spirit, right, the flames of the Holy Spirit, there these, there's these sort of flames that are falling uh, from the sky, like ash that fall and then uh, sort of dance along the soles of the feet um, uh, of, of these, of, of Pope Nicholas III and others. So it's an inversion of baptism. It's a, it's a perversion. Uh, it is, it is a, a contrapasso to reflect their own perversions of the gift of the Holy Spirit and the powers of, of holding the keys uh, uh, to loose and to and to hold. And so, uh, like in many spots in the Inferno, the damned here, Pope Nicholas III, has the powers of, convert, of uh, prophecy. And so he can actually, he knows what the future holds. And so he gives, um, he gives Dante a, a quick summary of what the future holds. Um, in 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 line 70s in the 70s and 80s um uh, uh re reading again from muse's translation of line 76 i in my turn shall join the rest below as soon as he comes he he being uh boniface the eighth and uh the one i thought you were when all too quick i put my question to you um and then in line 82 soon after him shall come one from the west uh, uh, and uh, the notes indicate that this is the prediction of Boniface. Uh, I'm sorry, of uh, Pope Clement V. So uh, Pope after Pope after Pope here uh, being put into into hell for befouling themselves with um, with this uh, with this perversion of their own uh, sacred sacred orders. And then Dante, of course, launches uh, starting in, in in line 88. Um, and even says to him, well, maybe I was too bold here. Maybe I was too, <laughs> maybe I lacked some humility, but, you know, I sort of uh, launched into this sermon like, well, what, you know, what kind of money uh, did, 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 did Peter receive from, from Jesus? And of course the answer is no, no, no money. And, 
you know, what kind of um, gold coins were, ex ex you know, extort extorted from Matthias, from Matthew, when he was when he was picked to fill the place the evil one had lost. And of course, the answer to that is also none, right? No money, uh, no corruption there. Um, and Dante says even he would say even more uh, had he not been respectful for the office of the Pope. Um, this is an odd uh, respect for the office of the Pope. Um, uh, and I and many who read the poem are, you know, many sort of pious, more traditional people who read the poem are, are very, um, you know, uh, hesitant to um, to side here with Dante. Um, and he's and and this just shows part of Dante's sort of anger at at the sin and anger at this form of of malice. Really, on his part, is fraud and malice. Um, also, it it you know it. Sh it Yes, these were these were members of the members of the, the the church at the time that Dante had um, informally a kind of a beef with. But you know, it 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 also is an indication that Dante's um, kind of triumphalism as it relates to religion is not is isn't it's not there. He's the great poet of Catholicism, but he also criticizes the church and. Um, and says at line 115, O Constantine, what evil did you sire? Not by your conversion, but the dower that the first wealthy father got from you. And so the, the, this, this word father, of course, is played upon several times throughout this canto, right? The, the, what, what constitutes the good father? Um, and these were bad fathers, right? These were, these were fathers whose, whose trust is, was given, and, and they exploited it. And they exploited it by you know, fraudulent possession of ecclesiastical offices and giving offices to... You know those who did not deserve it uh, just because of because of money. So, um, the, the the opening figure uh, of Canto uh, nineteen is uh, Simon the Magician, who is in uh, the book of um, I think it's the book of Acts, um, and uh, you know someone who who you know Peter admonishes um, uh, for thinking that God can be bought, right? God cannot be bought, right? So Dante launches into this, and, and it's this pictures of fathers. And it, what's also you know, noteworthy here is that after um, Dante is done with his uh, singing these very notes to him, um, uh, Virgil will be, Virgil is described as being actually quite happy and pleased with Dante's you know, sermonizing and, and sort of takes hold of him with both his arms and sort of carries him over until the into the next into the next section that we'll see in, in Canto 20. So this is the good father. Virgil is, in a sense, the good father replacing um, the popes who are uh, the bad father, bad fathers. Um, and uh, Virgil is showing his, uh, his approval, and Dante is showing his um, development as a pilgrim. A development is someone who is um, seeing uh, the, uh, the proper punishments for uh, the sins. Uh, that were committed, and um, and without without pity. Um, so, when we see later, Dante will 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 re refrain from pity. This is uh, much much deeper in hell. He will refrain from pity, almost refrain from saying anything at all. Uh, but here, Dante um, says quite 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 a lot. He also uh, at the beginning of this passage, note this before we before we leave it that. Dante interrupts his narrative at line 10 and says, O oh, highest wisdom, how you 
demonstrate your art in heaven on earth and here in hell. How justly does your power make awards? That's an interesting three lines there. It's a kind of an interruption of the description of um, of this uh, third bolgia, um, and Dante will do this quite often. This, this is a this is a an, an invention of the epic poem writers, which is the invocation or the uh, interruption in O highest wisdom, and we see this and we see this in Homer. We see this in to the both in Homer and to in Virgil for the Muses, and Dante continues on this um, interruption of the narrative in order to in order to sort of it's kind of an apostrophe. It's an interruptive apostrophe, um, and this interruptive apostrophe sort of intensifies the Dante's feelings during this passage, which is like his feelings are quite strong and condemnatory, so. He interrupts his own narrative in order to do this. He'll do this several times in the Inferno. He'll do this more in the Purgatory and uh, and a few times in, in Paradise as well. But again, this is an epic convention whereby uh, the poet will exclaim and um, and actually address uh, the gods, the muses, in this case, uh, highest highest wisdom. Um, and it, that also seems appropriate, highest wisdom being... Uh, provoked in a sense seems seems appropriate here uh, since one of uh, since the problem of of these sinners or the or the mistake that the, the popes made was to pervert the Holy Spirit itself so um, so I'm looking over this passage I mean it, it's um there's so much here in terms of his power but it's pretty straightforward Um and um, and the contrapasso of the of the feet burning is is perfect, um, a perfect perversion of of baptism. If you've visited Florence, uh, uh, you you know near the Duomo, um, there is a, a uh, there is a, a place where uh, Dante is describing here in Florence near the Duomo near the well the Duomo wouldn't have been entirely built um, in Florence at Dante's time, but there was a Baptistry there um, that show these that have these kind of holes that are made for priests to stand in and baptize from, and so that's what Dante is actually referring to. And he gives this story of having had to save someone from um, drowning in one of these uh, one of these pots, these baptismal pots. Um, uh, is that an apocryphal story? It's hard to it's hard to know. That historians have different takes on this. Um, some say it happened, and others say it didn't. But if you go to if you go to Florence today, and there's a there's a plaque uh, right next to the Duomo, right next to the right next to the church, the huge cathedral where Dante is referring to, where he uh, where he was uh, where Dante was baptized. Maybe, sorry, I don't remember, but he that's what he's referring to. So that's the very powerful Canto 19. I hope you enjoyed uh, reading, hearing my reading of it, and, and going through some of these comments. And I will, um, I will see you next time uh, for Canto 20.